Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to Between the Horns. As always, we are presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long, wishing a Merry Christmas to my friend and broadcast partner, DeMarco Farr. First of all, DeMarco, you ready to go to a wintry Midwest Minneapolis to take on the Vikings? I, I think so. I think I'm prepared. You know, I got the you know requisite uh, travel attire. I thought the whole city was underground in the winter anyway. They got the hamster trails and whatnot, so we'll be fine, right? All right, we won't be exposed. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, we are we are excited about the uh, third member of our roundtable this week, uh, back for an encore performance, Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic. Um, and Jordan, you're just in time for our second annual uh, Christmas caroling edition of Between the Horns. What uh, selection have you chosen to sing for us this morning? Let's go. Come on now. See, this is me. Nobody talked about this when we were off camera here. You guys just let me rant about my internet connection for about 15 minutes. I'll tell you what would break all three of these screens that we're on right now is anybody hearing me singing uh, if they're not 15 or 20 beers deep. That would break everyone's brain. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> As always, I have uh, Mariah Carey teed up, so maybe for the end of the show. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, we love Jordan's work. And uh, aside from her daily and weekly coverage, a couple of really interesting personal profiles on Van Jefferson and Leonard Floyd recently. So if the holidays give you some extra time to pour into some reading, I uh, highly recommend Jordan's work. Before we continue, Jordan, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but is there anything else you're working on or anything about those articles that you'd like to share with us? Oh, that's so nice of you, JB. Thank you, first of all, for saying that. Um, I really enjoy covering this team because everybody has such, uh, not to sound like Sean McVay, but has a great way about them. Um, a good look in their eye. No, it's, it's really just um, fascinating to dig into why people are the way that they are and, and who they are. And, and for Leonard Floyd, especially in Van Jefferson, I wanted to write those uh, last week or two weeks ago because um, I feel like there's there are so many layers to those two as they continue to learn and grow and go on this journey. They're at two very different places in their journeys um, right now with Van just being, you know, a second year receiver and learning as he goes. And Leonard Floyd really finding himself and becoming who he is um, and who he feels he was always supposed to be in this place. And I, I just really wanted to explore more of that individually. Um, those two were so gracious with their time. Got a really, really cool piece I'm excited about this week coming out about Tori Holt. Um, so hopefully you guys keep a lookout for that. I know, DeMarco, that will be very near and dear to your heart as well. Um, so thank you, JB, for giving me the opportunity to talk about uh, this work as, as I just love to do it. So I appreciate it. Well, you know, I'm fond of saying uh, consistency is the truest measure of performance, Jordan. <laughs> we can almost set our clock to your your product. We appreciate your competitive greatness and so on and so forth. <laughs> I've got a good look in my eye as well. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, Marco, here we go. This is exactly what you hope for uh, down the stretch, right? Three to play. You're tied atop the NFC West with the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams have the Vikings, the Ravens, the Niners. Uh, starting this Christmas Saturday, the Arizona Cardinals have the Colts, a trip to Dallas, and the Seahawks. How do you think it sets up? Well, it sets up good for the Rams. I'm a little surprised about, you know, Arizona kind of, you know, falling by the wayside for now. Uh, I, I don't think they're done in Arizona. This is going to be a shootout till the end. And then you got to get to the end with San Francisco. But first, you got to get through Minnesota. But for the Rams, I think you're playing, you're starting to play your best football now. I think you finally come back around to playing like a team. The chemistry is there. I think you kind of lost that 
through the Von Miller trade, the OBJ acquisition, uh, three-game losing streak. But it seems like you got your mojo back versus Jacksonville. You got a big win nobody expected in Arizona. And then what you did versus Seattle uh, just on Tuesday night. Um, just a lot of adversity, but you've managed to pull it all together and start playing your best football, or at least the embryo stage of your best football right now. So let's hope that travels to Minnesota. Uh, this ain't going to be an easy out. Uh, this is a tough football team, very physical uh, this is the the antidote to the Rams' offense. They like to play physical defense. So we'll see if it travels. But I like what you said about the gleam in their eye. This is the best I've seen this team play since that that three game losing streak. Hmm. Jordan, it does feel like the narrative coming out of this weekend will either be that the Rams are exhausted and who can blame them given the two-week gauntlet they've just run or exhilarated, right, that they've somehow tapped into something uh, that they found through this adversity. Uh, I think there's elements of both at play, right? Which direction do you think they're going as a group? You know what, JB? I'm going to say neither, honestly, because I think what it is really is they've found a steadiness. And they found that sort of behind the way that they've retooled and revitalized some of that run blocking, uh, totally changed the run blocking that they do now behind Sony Michelle. And it, it's catered more to his specific skill set, which they needed, first of all, obviously, with, with Daryl Henderson Hurt, which obviously you feel for him and, and, and all of that. But you really needed that thread of steadiness just permeating through, especially as DeMarco said, with all the changes that they went through, not just acquiring these new players, but also losing key players, Johnny Munt, Robert Woods, Sebastian Joseph Day to, to injured reserve for various injuries. You needed to sort of refacilitate that, that heartbeat, that pounding. And in football, of course, a great way to do that is with the run game. And I think it, it with the exactly what they've done, some of the heavier sets that they've used in, in their blocking and then some of the more sort of gap power, some of that downhill stuff that they're doing. Um, not, you know, not completely shifted, you know, they still are going to utilize Daryl as well, but it just adds that sort of rhythmic sensation, that rhythm to the offense that they need. I think it settles everyone down. It certainly helps them sort of establish a bit more of a physical identity. And that was something that they were getting torn apart uh, externally as well as uh, maybe internally um, in terms of when they were losing those three games in November and just continuing that, that, that when things go wrong, you still have that baseline going. And I think that that's been such a big difference. And I think that's really what they're leaning on through the month of December as they get ready for a postseason run is neither being too high or too low in, in either direction, despite all the adversity that's been facing them over the last couple of weeks, but instead finding that middle space, that steadiness that they can build around and stack all of their layers upon. DeMarco, let's stick with that running element then. And you think about Sonny Michelle putting together one of the best games we've seen all season in terms of creating after contact, breaking tackles, right? And then you add Rob Havenstein back in, and I think he's one of the Rams' best run blockers. So after three weeks with three different right tackles, now you've got your starter back going to face the Vikings. I, I never wish, you know, the whole COVID situation on anybody, but if anybody needed a break, it might have been Rob Havenstein. Since college, the guy's – uh, he just doesn't miss snaps, and he's he's been playing banged up. So having a big right tackle is great. Having a big right tackle that's fresh is awesome, especially the way you're running the football with Sonny Michelle. And, you know, I, I don't know him very well. I didn't know much about him until he got here. I'm learning his game, but I love the way he runs. It's north and south. He challenges those safeties. Uh, he doesn't shy away from contact. I mean, that's old-school running. I mean, when you're trying to wear down a defense – 
through physical contact. And the more carries you get with that, the, the less apt you are on defense to be, in, you, you know, an attacking style defense coming downhill. And then you add Rob Havenstein back where you can just cave down the right side of a, of a, of a defense or the left side of a defense with a guy that big. Yeah, I mean, that's how you control clock. That's how you control game. And then you add in the fact that Matthew Stafford can throw it anywhere from any platform but off a of play action. When they're actually buying it and collapsing, you've got no chance. One-on-one with Cooper Cup on the outside or in the slot, that's guaranteed. That's MVP worthy. Now you think about OBJ on the other side. Man coverage, no safety, because those safeties are coming down worried about Sonny Michelle running them over or picking up extra yards. Now it's one-on-one on the outside with a quarterback that can launch it from anywhere. That's just dangerous. Um, so if you're Minnesota and you're Mike Zimmer and you're thinking you can just Let's just call cover two and expect our front seven to handle the run game. You're wrong. Number two, if you think those safeties can crash down and help you to stop the run and leave your corners exposed, you're going to be wrong again. So hopefully all this and what we've seen out in Sony Michelle with the addition of Rob Havenstein, hopefully the run game can actually get better than what we've seen. Control that game. Take air out of the football. Take time off the clock. Shorten it for the other side, man. Uh, so having Big Rob back is going to be huge. But Sony Michelle running the football, I think, has been the thumper for this offense. DeMarco, I've only got one name to add to your point about Rob Havenstein benefiting from a couple of COVID buys, let's just say. And we don't mean that flippantly, right? Like their health is the most important thing. But if they are able to keep and tread on the tires, Tyler Higby is another name that comes to mind, right? One missed game due to a false positive, now a second due to a true positive. I hope that Tyler is back sooner rather than later. But I think he plays one of the most demanding roles in football, maybe in all of sports, tight end in Sean McVay's offense. And uh, he's played through two really warrior-like seasons now. And for this year, he's been doing it almost single-handedly. So all due respect to Kendall Blanton and Bryson Hopkins, but they're not Tyler Higby, certainly not in terms of their talent or depth of experience in this offense. If he's right, I think the Rams can take it to the next level. I Let's transition to the two of you guys. Is it possible for a tight end in the Sean McVay offense to make the Pro Bowl because of what you're asked to do? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean? he, he did. His name's Cooper Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's, uh, that, that's, the, uh, that's the 11 and a half personnel that Cooper <laughs> Cup runs. No doubt. And we're not yeah. going to ruin the uh, holiday spirit by getting into Pro Bowl snubs because you can't tell me that the Rams have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and not a single individual representative is going um, to that showcase. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, let me continue to stir things up, though, and let's transition to some defense. And I'll let DeMarco go first here, Jordan, while you can kind of collect your thoughts on this topic because DeFar and I went through this yesterday on a different show. And my question was, is there a chance that this defense – towards the tail end, down the stretch run, performs at or above the level that we watched last year. And I'm not saying their entire body of work, right, because too much you know, water has gone under the bridge. But I think with the group that they have, and DeMarco agreed, and I'll let you lay this point out again, DeMarco, there's no reason that for the rest of this year, this defense can't be the best in football. No, absolutely not. I think you're playing a physical style up front. I love the addition of Greg Gaines and what he's brought to that nose tackle spot. Aaron Donald, we've talked about. I like the rotation at outside linebacker. Uh, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, you guys, uh, we just talked about. I think he's getting nothing but better. You bring Hollins back, who's just a solid, steady presence, and then you've got a mix at that fourth spot if you want it. So, yeah, I think as far as stopping the run and getting after the passer with just the front, You're there. Uh, Now that Jalen Ramsey is back on the field, and that was cover four, wasn't it? It wasn't cover two? 
What was that? I'll defer to Jalen on that one. Whatever. The guy made a play. He's a tremendous playmaker, and it's so funny. Uh, DK Metcalf, for for example, he's a different receiver when Jalen Ramsey isn't on him. When Ramsey goes over the top, guys just tend to change. So that doesn't change at all. So having a guy like that in the secondary, plus when you have a front that's playing like they're playing run and pass, yeah, you, you have a chance to really improve the next three weeks. Now, the one thing you have to do, we said this on that show, JB, you got to shut down San Fran. Number one, beat Minnesota. Let's not forget about that. That's that's paramount. But if you want to be that defense that we saw last year, stat-wise and at least perception-wise, you got to handle San Francisco. You still haven't figured out that, that puzzle there. But first start with Minnesota. But I do think the way they're playing now, with their personnel and, and how they're playing, you have a chance to ascend and be better, as good or better than you were last season. Well, Jordan, it always depends which stats you look at. And I know you lean more towards next-level efficiency stats rather than raw numbers. But let's just take DVOA. They're top six overall, top ten versus the run in the pass. I mean, in a lot of ways, they are comparable to last year's group, which led the league in scoring. I'm not saying they're going to be able to do that again. But again, in these final two months, why not? You know, I think to your point of being comparable to, to last year, I think one of the biggest things that I see is that guys who are not names are now in December stepping up and making plays where they need to. I think there was a little bit of a struggle um, in through those months of November. You know, in the in the the Titans game, the defense really held it down, but then struggled a bit in the next two. And then in the month of December, those guys who, um, you know, are, are not necessarily the core contracts are not necessarily in the, in terms of this team build, um, are, are the, the headliners. Instead, they were the, you know, third, fourth, fifth round picks, undrafted free agents, guys who have had to step up when their name is called now re- sort of revitalizing and making those plays. Dante Dion. Ernest Jones, um, like you said, DeMarco, Justin Hollins being back, Greg Gaines. Oh, my God. Talk about a barrel rolling down a hill when he comes up the gut. My goodness. Like, I never see, I didn't even see the, the, the questionable non-call last game. I didn't even see it live because I was too busy being mesmerized by Greg freaking Gaines just coming up the gut. Like, seriously, he, he literally, if you guys have ever seen like a barrel roll down a hill or like a keg roll down a hill, like that is what this guy looks like when he's moving, like unstoppable force, right? And it's just, it's incredible that, that these guys are, are doing what they're doing right now. It's even without, you know, they're missing Sebastian Joseph Day and, and being so effective against the run. And then in the past game, continuing to, assert. I think when you see these guys assert themselves, when they do come downhill hard, when they are playing from depth, but they're being more intricate and complex with what they're doing in their sec- in the secondary, because they're able to rush with just four, which Von Miller really helps with, mm-hmm. um, that that is such a huge difference maker. And I think in those facets, this is why you see this defense rising to the level that it is right now, playing its best football not just its best football in flashes, but consistently through the month of December, these last couple of games, just absolutely skyrocketing up the EPA charts, JB. I know you like that one. <laughs> and and I just think that um, it's just, it's fascinating to watch because you always felt, you just really felt, especially with the charisma and the ability as a coach that Raheem Morris has, like, and all of those coaches, the assistant coaches on staff as well, you just felt there, the buy-in was always there. It was just figuring out what the true identity and path and putting it all together was going to be 
even as Raheem was building within a new system entirely to him as well. And so now in December, this is the right time for these guys to be playing their best ball, not just the stars, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, um, but also the complimentary guys who don't always get the shine um, playing some of their best ball. Not only you've seen this season, but certainly for some in their career as well. When's the last time you called timeout on defense because you were shorthanded or made a mistake? That hasn't happened in a while, in a few weeks, right? You may have called timeout to get some rest. Yeah, they used a couple last week strategically. They called a timeout. This is what I loved. I loved this. They called a timeout on third and 17 specifically just to bring Aaron Donald over to the sideline (laughs) so that he could huddle with Raheem Morris and Sean McVay. And so then he went and they, they like redesigned an entire rush plan yeah. mid timeout on third and 17, just for the heck of it, because they could, because they were in that advantageous of a situation. Um, that's the kind of stuff that shows you that your mm-hmm. defense is asserting and they are back, you know, they, it was third and 17, but they were deep in Rams territory at that time. That's yeah. what shows you that this defense is asserting and finding its way. Let me get right into now. that conversation. Coach, whatever you call it, forget <laughs> it. I'm going to rush over this guy. Okay. Got it. Let's go. <laughs> It does look good with the uh, roaming refrigerator. Greg Gaines next to him, though. That, that's for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And, DeMarco, take us to this matchup with the Vikings, because whether it's Kirk Cousins having another really impressive season, Dalvin Cook and having to tackle him in the running game, Justin Jefferson right up there with Cooper Cup as one of the great receivers in the game, Adam Thielen potentially coming back for Minnesota. Like, this is one of those types of games where the things that we're just talking about and maybe wishing – would come to fruition. Let me put on the line against Minnesota, Baltimore, and San Francisco to be certain. And I know Bash is watching. We still love you, Bash. Just get back healthy. But Greg Gaines is balling right now. But Adam Thielen is the guy that does worry me because – and Jefferson is uh, the receiver they have. is dynamic. He's hot. He's the guy that can get behind you in a hurry. Uh, So bringing back Adam Thielen is going to present some problems. He just balances out the passing game. But – you know, uh, there's been a lot of hate, and I'm guilty of it, of, 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 around Kirk Cousins. And you can't win with a guy like that. Uh, well, he's 29-6, and six, right? 29 touchdowns, six interceptions. Well, that's pretty darn good, so let me shut my mouth there. But uh, one thing that does give him pressure or give him problems is a lot of pressure. He will start to check it down. He will take his eyes from downfield and get rid of the ball quick. So when you're rushing the way the Rams are rushing, uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. But Dalvin Cook is the equalizer. But I did look. Minnesota, they get a ton of holding calls because of Dalvin Cook. Uh, the guy can just get the ball to the perimeter in a blink. So every now and then those guys will reach and grab and pull back. So it's up to the Rams. you got to get off, get off those blocks quick, and get in pursuit. If you miss, if you're a little bit late, Cook is going to be by you. And if they get that running game going, that's the thumper for them as well. That just controls everything. That's what Mike Zimmer wants to do. He wants to run the football, take air out of the football, and let his defense rest, and then get those big boys back on the field to get after your quarterback. But the way the Rams are playing, it's not just guys making plays up the field here or there. I love the way they're constricting holes. They're playing defense together in the front seven. Everybody's responsible for a gap, and they're not letting the other guy down. That will play against a guy like Dalvin Cook. Make that guy have to dance to find the hole and then get going. Uh, if not, he's going to choke it down, and it'll be uh, a plus one or a zero. But you need to stop him first and get off on the football. But like I said, those guys up in Minnesota, they're big grabbers. They like the hold, and they will yank you to the ground. So uh, we'll see with a smallish front that the Rams have. Let's see if they can generate some holding calls and get up the field and stop Dalvin Cook at the same time. Now you look at this closing stretch, it's as if the playoffs have already started. Minnesota Mm -hmm. trying to fight its way in. Baltimore and San Francisco right there as well. Jordan, any thoughts on this weekend's matchup? A trip to Minneapolis? 
Yeah, you know what? I think it's going to be another hugely tall task and ask for uh, Ernest Jones, especially in terms of popping out to the perimeter and, and contain and also maybe, you know, hanging back a little bit and finding those openings when the when the guys are rushing with four, kind of like he did against Kyler Murray uh, a couple weeks ago in terms of finding those spaces to then further limit sort of those throwing lanes and, and just get in the way of stuff, right? And I think it's also going to be another big ask for Leonard Floyd. Um, Leonard Floyd loves to defend the run, particularly when it pops outside, particularly on some of those difficult perimeter occasions that DeMarco uh, just described. And I think that this is going to be a really tough game. This is going to be a physical game. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think, gives them a really um, interesting sort of check mark or, or uh, uh, maybe high water mark, or I don't even know what the right word is, but it's a good test before they face San Fran again, because if the things are not available to him, uh, you know, deep in the defensive backfield, he's going to go to the quick game. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo was was pretty deadly to the Rams the first time around in the quick game, particularly on third down. This gives them an opportunity to really test their mettle in that regard and just how far they've come encountering and adjusting to some of those things if they do happen. And I think that's going to be really, really important as well. Did I see this right? Brian Allen is a Pro Bowl alternate. He is. Isn't that great? Good for him. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Good for him. Big test this week with Pierce coming back. Let's see you move that tree tree stump. Tree stump. Yeah. They call him him, uh, in the Rams locker room. They call him the angry center. Um, And he he walked around Lambeau Field barefoot pregame. So I, I think he's I think he's ready to go. I think he's excited. <laughs> yeah, Brian Allen and Greg Gaines will be a great tag team, wouldn't they? Yeah, the, the rolling ball of butcher knives. I like it. Both of them. About <laughs> the same height and the same demeanor. And you have you have to love where collectively this offensive line is at now that Coleman Shelton has proven himself with effectively two starts. Hopefully Joe Noteboom can get back in the mix for some of those jumbo packages as they go to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. A win, and they clinch. They're still, of course, contending for the NFC West title, a three-game closing stretch. Vikings, Ravens, Niners, while the Cardinals take on the Colts, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. Jordan and DeMarco, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate being on. Looking forward to doing it again. Thanks to all of you for tuning in this week and every week to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the L.A. Rams. Rams fans, you have one more chance in the regular season to join us inside SoFi Stadium. An NFC West divisional matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. It's the regular season finale to get your tickets for SoFi Stadium. And to experience the Rams house, just go to therams.com slash tickets, therams.com slash tickets. To those of you who made it on Tuesday, 4 o'clock holiday week, rescheduled game against the Seahawks, you're the best. It made all the difference. I know the Rams players and coaches appreciated it. Helped them earn their 10th win. Have a safe and enjoyable holiday weekend. I'm JB Long. And this is Between the Horns.